It's another episode of Movies You Should Love with Lauren and Scott. Welcome, movie lovers, to Superheroes You Should Love, a very special episode of Movies You Should Love with Lauren and Scott. In the past uh, couple episodes specifically, but something that's been kind of on the back of, I think, Lauren's of my mind for uh, some time now, has been superhero movies. I love them, and Lauren is kind of befuddled by them, <laughs> uh, to speak for him. Uh, and one of the things that we've both find kind of interesting has been how in the past couple of years, we have had more and more superhero movies popping up in our theaters. Uh, every summer we've had at least one, and there's been several years in the, in the past couple of years where we've had two or three show up over the course of the year. Um... I, for one, as a lover of superheroes, uh, love this, because I, I think 9 out of 10 of them have been great. Um, the other one's not so great, but it's still, a lot of times, it's still at least fun for me to see some of my favorite heroes in action on the screen, even if the movie overall kind of leaves me a little bit cold. Um, but it, it's, it is an interesting phenomenon that, you know, there was a time not that long ago, I would say probably uh, in the 90s, when you didn't really have superhero movies, or the superhero movies that you did have wouldn't be classified as part of the superhero genre. You'd have movies like Batman, which was essentially a an action movie, or you'd have Superman, which was kind of a science fiction movie about a guy in tights, you know? Um, but now, I would say since uh, the year 2000, um, we've been solely, we've had so many superhero movies that it actually has become a genre unto itself. <laughs> I would probably, I credit uh, the first X-Men movie. I think the first X-Men movie and Brian Singer don't really receive enough credit when people talk about the superhero genre. But it was that first X-Men movie that I, I believe really made everybody believe that a superhero movie could be done and could be great. Um, you know, he took a very dark, very kind of grounded in reality approach to these superpowered mutants. And it was because of X-Men that uh, Spider-Man was able to be made. And when Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man, was huge, and it, it just it blew up, and that was um, uh, 2002, I believe, is when it came out, and it was the, the springboard for all of these superhero movies. And so now, in the, for the past 10 years, like I've said, we've basically averaged at least one superhero movie a year. Which got me to thinking, which... Which uh, got me to thinking, and then Lauren actually posed it in a recent episode, and this question came to my mind, which is, what is it about these superheroes? Why are they the new thing? I mean, they're not really that new. You know, they've been around for almost 70 years at this point. A lot of our favorite superheroes were born out of World War II and born out of that time period, born out of the Depression. And so, I mean, these these characters aren't new in any way. And even when they came out in the 30s and 40s, they weren't overly new ideas. A lot of a lot of them were composites of old existing characters. They're just, you know, these, some of these old ideas and motifs and themes being uh, dressed up in a new way. But they took off, you know, literally and figuratively, and off the page and on the page. And ever since they've been, ever since there's been comic books, it seems um, we've been adapting them to radio, been adapting them to TV and movies, and it's and so 
but there's, there's been an ebb and flow of their popularity over the past 70 years. And here we are now in a time where we are definitely in the flow of superhero movies. Um, they've been, I, they've been a very strong part of our cinema going experience for the past 10 to 10 to 12 years. And if you look at Marvel's movie slate, they're going to be around for another 10 to 12 years. And I'm excited. Um, I think a lot of other people are excited, but it raises the question, why? What is it about these guys that we love so much? What is it about them that draws us to, you know, as soon as we see that movie trailer, as soon as, you know, nowadays we have teasers for trailers for movies. When that teaser comes out, when that first image comes out, what is it about them that makes us go, I have to go see that, you know? Um, so what we're going to do in this episode, I'm going to talk to some of my friends. There's some people here that there's a... Uh, people that I went to film school with, people who are just general lovers of some of these characters. And what I would like to do is talk to them about their favorite superheroes. Um, talk to them about their favorite characters, their favorite people that they watch on TV or in movies. And what I'm kind of hoping happens is by talking to them about, for example, maybe why they love Batman so much. Maybe we can get to the root of why we rush to see his movies, why we're excited to see what happens now that Christopher Nolan has completed his trilogy, how Batman's going to appear in the Justice League movie, or not, or the next cartoon, or the next whatever. Um, maybe by looking at some of these characters and looking at and talking to some of the people who really love these people in various mediums, we can get to the root of why we are in this place now, and why we, uh, dare I say, worship some of these characters. Anyway, uh, I'm going to I'm going to wrap this little intro up here and say, uh, and as a forewarning, I want to say that the I'm not the the audio quality of this episode may fluctuate because some of these people I'm going to be talking to over Skype, some of these people I'm going to be talking to in person with my handy dandy audio recorder, and I'm going to be editing them all together. So uh, this is going to be a, a, a kind of a different kind of episode than we're used to. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't recorded any of the interviews yet or any of the, the segments yet, so I don't know where this episode is going to end just yet. So I'm excited, and uh, maybe we can come together and figure out why we like this, what's going on, and here's to the future of movies and superhero movies and superhero comic books and books and television shows and the whole gambit. Uh, except for Gambit, because he kind of sucks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and uh, let's go to our first uh, segment. Okay, so for the the first segment in this episode, I thought I would uh, call up a Leslie Foster, a good friend of mine, uh, we went to film school together, we've worked on several projects together, and he is out in California right now working on oh, a multitude of things, aren't you? <laughs> You're a very busy man. Yes. <laughs> I try to keep it that way, at least. <laughs> um, yeah, you, we recently, well, maybe not so recent anymore, I guess it was a couple months ago now, uh, we had you on the podcast and we're talking about documentary filmmaking and you're working on a current, you're uh, in post-production on a documentary right now called Until We Have Faces, um, which we can talk about later if you'd like. Uh, I have absolutely no problem plugging that and trying to get the word out on that. That's a fantastic project that I can't wait to see. Um, but anyway, 
I thought with you specifically, uh, Leslie, because I know we've had a lot of these conversations before, and you introduced me to a couple different characters, a couple different books I remember throughout our relationship. I thought it'd be interesting if we started just the broad concept, I guess, of superheroes or of heroes even. Um, what is it about them? What is it about these men and women in tights <laughs> that uh, captures our imagination, you know? I don't think the hero concept is a new one at all, but the superhero definitely seems at least newer, if not new entirely. You know, I was thinking about this this morning, um, just trying to collect some thoughts, and there's something interesting about this, because when we look at the heroes that we've had, you know, so often through, like, Greek mythology, for example, so many of those heroes have these very tragic ends because fate, and, you know, it still rules them. Mm-hmm. They, they still have hubris that leads them to cause hamartia, and they end up dying miserable deaths. Very few <laughs> avoid that. And I was thinking, is it possible that the superhero was kind of our rejection of that? Hmm. Um, and I don't want to make this too Amerocentric, but it is a kind of American rejection of fate. Like, we can control this. Right. You know, Superman can be almost all powerful mm-hmm. and and certainly have a certain amount of hubris and still overcome. And so it's this kind of rejection of this Greek idea of that kind of fate. That's fascinating. That, that's at least the first thing that came to mind. Well, no, I, 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 can't, uh, I can't discredit that at all. I mean, that's very much the American dream is that you can't control your destiny. You, can, you know, whatever you want, if you work hard enough you can have it. I mean, that is what this country was kind of, what's what they tell us this country was kind of founded on was that, that concept. Um, (laughs) and, and the, the comic book, I mean, for all intents and purposes was born in America. I mean, it came out of the depression and world war two when people were really struggling for something. They wanted the idea, you know, in the, in the face of poverty, in the face of this incredible evil, um, there was something to believe in something that could, elevate them i mean that i mean that that's to me that sounds like just spot on yeah yeah um and i don't know you know that's you see those earlier superheroes and then of course as the idea progresses you get into a little more um you get a little grittier but at first you know you have these kind of shiny Mm all-powerful characters and i think that's interesting and like you said it arises out of this time where we want to look at a hero who's not suffering from the same things we are mm-hmm. or someone who can at least turn that suffering into something when you when you, when you when you when you look at a a character maybe like like batman who seems to be the 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 the, the superhero right now um he's definitely somebody born out of tragedy when you look back on his life but somebody who can well yes while he has the incredible wealth behind him um he is able to take that tragedy and turn it into something and try to do something positive um I uh, I hadn't thought about this, but I did say something just a couple minutes ago before you were here when I recorded the the beginning. I kind of commented that the current superhero craze really kind of began with X-Men in 2000, but specifically with Spider-Man in 2002. Do we want to... I mean, do you think there's a response in America from 9-11? I mean... You think, oh, absolutely. Because I mean, when, yeah. yeah. when you look at... you know, To me, I, I said X-Men because I, I feel like Brian Singer really did something special with the X-Men franchise. And with that, especially that first and second... The first movie specifically we'll talk about... Right, right. Made people go, 
this is a thing. And while the first X-Men movie wasn't a huge success, it was enough that they felt comfortable making Spider-Man. Spider-Man just blew everything up. And then you had X-Men 2, which was did so much better. And then from there, you had all these other franchises come out. And Spider-Man very famously had that teaser that had the World Trade Center in it that they ended up pulling from theaters, and they pulled that segment from the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, we'd necessarily want to talk about America yeah, post 9 11. This is a total aside, but I saw Spider Man in Germany with a bunch of really drunk Germans. <laughs> and that is the way to watch Spider Man. Uh, I would have to say so. <laughs> um, I, I think we can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think you see like that resurgence comes, and we've had a decade that's been pretty tough and pretty frustrating. And again, in that time period, I mean, everything from. Um, the challenge to our feeling of safety and security on a military level to our financial security. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a similar way to the depression, I think we were looking for other heroes. I mean, that's, I mean, talking to you about this, I hadn't thought about it so much in this, in this regard, but when you think of Spider-Man, that first movie especially was so very American that oh, they, absolutely. They, they had no problem cutting to the American flag. And then you even have Spider-Man, this red, white and blue hero, which, fascinatingly, in, in a certain way, the franchise kind of passes the baton off to Batman, which is a much more financially focused <laughs> <laughs> superhero. And even, even that trilogy is very focused on, on, on wealth and on money and on chaos. And so it's, it's interesting. Maybe you could, I don't know, maybe you could, yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, you could plot I, a course of, the, of America's attitude through those two franchises. It follows the zeitgeist. And I, I, think, <laughs> I think films in general, but I think, I think kind of the superhero genre in general. Um, and I mean, you know, we we start, you know, you have the Nixonian era, you start losing faith in your government, your superheroes become a little darker, but you also have them still triumphing. Mm-hmm. So it, I think you can definitely chart American zeitgeist, at least in the 20th and 21st century, a little bit through these yeah. trips. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a, a complete metaphor. I mean, it's not something not. that I would ever say, no, this is what you can do. But it no. is kind of fascinating to, to see that. And then there in the middle of that, you have... Uh, Superman Returns that doesn't really catch anybody's imagination or attention. Like he's just a little too much right now. He's not enough of the zeitgeist. He, he yeah. people can't connect to that particular. Even though he at one point he was a a real American icon and symbol, right up there with Charlie Chaplin and Mickey Mouse. You know, yeah. it's like it's 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 kind of fascinating to me. And I think there's something to that that yeah. makes you know. You mentioned the, the Greek myths. I think you go from Greek myths, and then you go back. You go from there to some of the old legends of like Robin Hood and some of those those old heroes who, you know, stood up for the the little people. Yeah. I think there is a we have a need for mythology and for legend and for people who don't let other people put them down. Absolutely. Um, I I was thinking about, you know, I didn't grow up reading a whole lot of comic books Mm -hmm. um, and not having much TV growing up in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. But even in my little exposure, I think, I think, (laughs) I think my first real exposure to that kind of genre was, um, and I always get the name wrong because we switch it, we invert it in Indonesia, but the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. In Indonesia, it'd be Teenage, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) we, we switched Ninja Turtles to Turtle Ninjas, but. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I always mess that up. Anyway, though, that was my... And I had, like, you know, I'm four or five years old getting the little collector sets. But I think it resonated with the fact that I don't like bullies. Mm -hmm. I really dislike bullies. And 
in, in any kind of sense of the word. And here were these beings, <laughs> these elevated humans in some cases <laughs> that could truly stand up to bullies. Yeah. And, and there's something really um, exciting and inspiring about that, I think, especially for kids. And I, that was certainly my pull. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a very common poll. I think that we, whether it, it comes from watching the superhero cartoons and movies or if the superhero cartoons and movies provide that image, like, I think we all kind of want to be able to stand up and rip our shirt off and be like, no, you will not <laughs> pick on me anymore. Absolutely. You didn't know this about me. Yeah. Look at my chest. That's my symbol. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and then, you know, so it's interesting to see kind of now what you're seeing is I suppose as we become less precious with our heroes mm-hmm. you see more of a deconstruction mm-hmm. um, I think and I know we're sticking mostly in movies but I mean well Batman certainly does touch on that but I think a really good example is Misfits which is on British TV oh yeah and Misfits completely deconstructs the idea of hero I mean if we're going for myth deconstruction and this would be something to get into at a different show, Game of Thrones, you know. Oh, absolutely. Tearing apart and deconstructionism of that genre. But, you know, look at Misfits and their superheroes, and you have a group of kids who are juvenile delinquents mm-hmm. who get powers that aren't necessarily always all that helpful. <laughs> right. And then don't usually use them to help other people. <laughs> right. They, I think, in fact, I'm not sure they ever do. Uh, I've only seen the first season, so I can't comment what they do in season two. It's generally about helping themselves. Yeah. Even if that's a positive thing, it's still internal. And so it's interesting to see as we become, I suppose, a little more jaded Mm -hmm. (laughs) to have that breakdown. And yet you still look for the heroes like Spider-Man. And then there's going to be, you know, the the new Superman movie. We'll see how that does. Fingers Uh, crossed. The teaser looks promising. (laughs) 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 But, you know, I think we kind of have... Uh, as we become more sophisticated about our superheroes, even though we have that balance and appreciate the construction of them, mm-hmm. we still want to see, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Supermans and the Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I find that it's interesting that we hold that in balance. That's fascinating. I, and there's, there's a part of me that, again, this conversation goes go so many directions. There's a part of me that sometimes wonders if the superhero is the safe religion. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it, we can, we can all kind of agree that Batman and Superman and Spider-Man are doing good. And we can talk about them and we can kind of go, this is kind of what I stand for. I stand for the doctor because the doctor stands for me, you know, and it, it, it's very safe. And so if someone goes, I, I didn't really care for Superman returns. It's like, well, that doesn't matter. I know who Superman is. And you know, I've, I've read the Grant Morrison books. I know these things. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Cause it, I, I feel like sometimes for some people, um, there is a certain identity to be had in being able to claim I am a follower of Batman. And you religion, and that's interesting. I mean, while you know, Batman and his ethics can get a little murky. Generally, mm-hmm. still there's a clear path. Whereas if I choose to proclaim myself as a follower of Buddha mm-hmm. or Christ or Muhammad, there. Things get way messier. Things get messier because I mean, like honestly, you uh, have to deal with the Old Testament. You have to deal with these. You these have to deal with the Westboro Baptist Church. You have to deal with gray areas. <laughs> um, and and so far, know, as far as I'm aware, nobody has killed anybody in the name of Superman. Right. You it's, know, and so there, there's, there's less judgment there. There's less baggage. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's so, I hadn't thought of that, but that's really interesting. Like you said, like a cleaner religion, like an easier to swallow. It's easier to swallow. And there's, you know, and also, I mean, and if you want to get into it, um, there's less demand for me, you know, I don't, you know, because part of Christianity, I think, which trips up a lot of Christians is that those last words Jesus speaks before he disappears is go tell everybody about this, go, you know, and so people really take this concept of everybody in the world must know I'm a Christian at all times. And, and I have to tell everybody what I believe and how they're wrong. And, um, (laughs) you know, Hal Jordan or John Stewart, any of the Green Lanterns have never said that they just kind of show up and go, what are you doing? Knock it off. I'm out of here, (laughs) you know? And so they can be a, a hero, to yeah. everybody, because they don't really seem to care either what I believe. They have the demands of, for example, Buddha, who who asked to give up self completely. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, the complexity of Muhammad, who also says that, you know, that so many various things are created for us to all learn from each other. I don't want to have to learn from each other. I don't have to give up myself. <laughs> I don't have, you know, so <laughs> I, 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 can, I can let go of that complexity and have my little world. Exactly. And you can really pick and choose, you know, uh, Batman fans, I love to tease because they're just, they, they make themselves such big targets, but it's like, you can really, um, the Batman fans can choose which Batman they like. It's like, are, do, are you the fan of the Adam West Batman? Or are you a fan of the Christopher Nolan? Or are you the Joel Schumacher Batman fan? I have not yet met you. That's fascinating. <laughs> you know, but the, there's, the, there's so many things they can kind of choose from and they can kind of ignore where I think, yeah. um, Religious people don't have that option necessarily. Or they don't feel like they do. And that, 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 that might be, they do attempt. <laughs> oh, they do. They, I think they definitely do. They, I, I can't say they don't pick and choose. But um, bringing it back to movies, I think there is something to be said for for all this. You know, if you, you take the concept of religion, I think there is a. I've, I've often said the theater is my sanctuary. It is mm. a place I can go and just be ah. Uh, I can ignore the world for two hours right. and uh, watch this thing. And I think there's. I mean, so many of our heroes, too, I think, are uh, recapitulations of the old heroes. You talk about the myths. I, I say that all the time. I'm like, if you, if you, don't, if you don't enjoy uh, the Justice League, you should re-examine it as Superman as Zeus, Batman as Hades, Wonder Woman as Athena, and it gets fascinating, <laughs> you know? Oh, it really you does. Know, do stuff <laughs> like that. And it's, I, think, I think there is that kind of touching back to some of that that primal while being big and flashy. I mean, it's like you look at the Avengers movie and it's like, that is nothing but popcorn fun. I mean, it is mm-hmm. to me, one of the most fun movies I've seen this year. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And, um, at the same time, it's kind of a, a retelling in some ways of some of those old, of the, of those old myths. It's like, it's kind of hard not to imagine, uh, if you, ugh, man, nerding out um you take you take the tesseract you kind of think of that you know and them trying to steal that from odin as like you almost can you can almost see this modern prometheus story of of the gods swooping in and going no 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 nobody can have this box we have to keep this from everybody stop it (laughs) you know it's yeah it's they certainly blur that wall between taking from myth when you have Thor included. I mean, <laughs> like, it's like, ah, we throw up our hands. We'll just include one. <laughs> Clearly. No, like, well, let's not hide this. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah. That's, that's my favorite. <laughs> I think somebody, yeah. somebody, uh, it, it was a meme. I'm sure everybody has seen it at this point. It's like Tony Stark. He's met two gods and still is an atheist. Captain America has uh, met two gods, still a Christian. Hulk met two gods, be- beat both of them up. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, 
Um, anything else you kind of want to touch on? We can we can wrap it up. I have other people to talk to, or yeah. We can, well, um, I was going to touch on Hellboy as an interesting. Yes, hit. let's talk about Hellboy because we have this, you know, um, a very working class man of the people, mm-hmm. far more than a lot of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman, despite not having superpowers, is wealthy beyond imagination. Yeah. So definitely not a man of the people. Superman, almost Jesus. You know? <laughs> Son of God. <laughs> and, and despite, and it's so interesting because there's this play, because again, Hellboy comes from this world where he is not human, and yet he is one of the most human mm-hmm. of superheroes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so fascinating. Um, he's, he's very fascinating because he is a monstrosity to look at. I mean, he his, in his name is... I am Hellboy. I am from Hell. I am a demon, you know? Yet everything that he has, as far as abilities go, and even his personality, is very, very human, very working class, like you said. And I've always been fascinated by Hellboy as this kind of uh, metaphor for, maybe not metaphor, but it's kind of an allegory or a parable for, you can be born a certain way, but it's still the choices you make in life. And I think there are a lot of lessons to be learned from characters like that i think and i think that's part of i think that's part of it at least it is for me and that's maybe kind of the crux of this whole episode is i think we do we can look at these big larger than life colorful bright red skinned creatures and recognize ourselves in it and um take something from that to apply to our own life even if we'll never fly we'll never swing from a a web Uh, we don't have a bat plane you know exactly but there is something there that we go, I fight that fight every day. I just don't have a cool suit. I don't have friends right. that can do this. Right. Oh, one more thought that I have is that when you look at so many superheroes, and in this case, I'm kind of specifically thinking about um, Batman and Doctor Who, but I mean, you could, this goes for so many, is a rejection of guns, mm-hmm. which is really interesting in light, of course, of recent tragedies. But there is this, you know, that always seemed to me very interesting. Like, you'd expect the most American of heroes to be happy to wield guns, and yet there's this kind of rejection that we don't use those. We don't like those, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And there's, I don't even know where I'm heading off into there, but I think that's, you know, it just came to mind as something that really struck me. Even when I was younger, that, that seemed like this really interesting tweak on the American personality. I don't know if it comes from us as an audience or if it comes from the the makers of the comics and the movies, but we see a person with a gun. They're a bad guy. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think that's more than the movies. I think that might be why nobody has really taken to the Punisher as a superhero. Yeah. You know? It's like his movies have both kind of, eh, you know, they kind of didn't do well. Nobody really is flocking to see those. They're not really talking about relaunching those um we see him show up in black and the white skull with the guns in his hands we go not a good guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> should not trust him but ultimately he's kind of a more working class version of batman you know yes. he's just willing to kill people you know and i think that's interesting that is kind of the one thread through most superheroes nine out of ten maybe don't count wolverine um don't kill that that is that that is the one line that they seem willing to to draw. I will pick you up. I will fly you a thousand miles. I'll punch you mercilessly, but I won't kill you. <laughs> you know, it is it is kind of fascinating. Not so much in line with the Greek mythology there, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs>
Well, cool. Thanks, uh, Leslie. I think this is a good uh, icebreaker to this conversation. I think we gave some people something to think about. And um, I'm encouraging everybody through these episodes or uh, through this episode to uh, chime in what you know what you think about some of this. So, you know, come visit us on uh, moviesyoushouldlove.com and weigh in on anything. Leslie, um, thank you again. Is there anything you would like to plug? I, I, I thank you so much for giving me your time today. Is there anything I can do to help you? Well, uh, as usual, we're still raising funds for Until We Have Faces, which is the documentary that I'm working on about violent homophobia in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, we've definitely had some interesting um, updates. I was actually just on the phone with Amnesty International yesterday, um, and in the new year, we're going to see about working with them to help um, with some of the fundraising. But cool. um, you can always visit our page, travelingmuse.com, and there's information about the film and information about donating to it, and any support is helpful, especially at the end of the year now where people are giving their last donations. And Traveling Muse Pictures, which uh, is producing the film, is a 501c3, so all taxes can be written off. Excellent. I will make sure to put links on that on this episode's page. Otherwise, uh, travelingmuse.com or travelingpictures.com. Travelingmuse.com. Leslie Foster, thank you so much, sir. Awesome. Thank you. didn't realize just how big this conversation was going to be. Um, the conversation we end up having is one that is not the one I thought we were going to have. And so instead of releasing this as one single episode, which is what I originally had intended or had, uh, had in mind, uh, we're going to cut these up. I think there's going to be about three or four episodes, and each episode will be focused on a different facet or a different conversation, specifically a different interview. Uh, with a different guest to the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed this. This is just the first episode, it turns out, of Superheroes You Should Love, uh, in which Leslie and I sat down and we talked about all sorts of uh, wonderful things and some high-minded ideas about superheroes, which was a lot of fun. The next episode is going to be... I'm going to be sitting down with uh, Tanya Clifton, the person most responsible for me being a Whovian. And if you don't know what a Whovian is, well, uh, tune in next week. In the meantime... Swing by moviesyoushouldlove.com and let me know what you think about superheroes. Do you love them? Do you hate them? Does it, is, it a, is it a genre that works for you? Do you, you know, and there's so many different types of fans out there. Maybe you enjoy the movies, but you're never going to read a comic book. Maybe you read the comic books and that's why you like the movies. Maybe you don't read comic books, but you love the cartoons. Let me know what you think. Moviesyoushouldlove.com. Yell at me on Twitter. I'm at ScottishFog on Twitter. That's uh, Scottish, as you'd normally spell it. Fog with two Gs, all one word. You can find Movies You Should Love on Twitter. We are at Movies You Should. We're also on Facebook uh, as Movies You Should. So check us out. Let me know what you think. And tune in in the next couple of weeks. And we will uh, continue to have this uh, really fascinating conversation about superheroes and why we love them. You've been listening to the Movies You Should Love podcast. Join in the conversation at moviesyoushouldlove.com.